Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Brittany from Snap Fitness out of Webster City, Iowa. Welcome to the show, Brittany. How are you today? I'm good. How are you, Brooke? I'm good. I'm really excited to have you here and to learn more about what you do. But first of all, thank you for being here. I think it's a big deal. You take an hour out of your busy day to sit down and have this conversation with us that hopefully we'll give back to the industry. Um, and so thank you. But before we like dive into the, the, the reason that we're all here to talk about your business, tell us why. Like, Why did you become a gym owner? What put you in this position? Um, well, it started with my online personal training and nutrition business first. And then, um, so I started that in 2018 and then I, um, moved to the town that we're actually living in right now, which is Webster city, which is where the snap fitness that we own is located. Um, we have been here for about six years and last year, almost a year from today, actually in August of last year, we decided to buy this snap fitness in Webster city. Um, it was just kind of like a on the whim type of vibe. You know, you, you look at statistics with COVID thrown in on a gym, um, especially when you're investing in your first gym, it's definitely a risk. Um, you don't know how it's going to go. Numbers don't really look great. So um, my husband just kind of said, you know what, you already have your side business, like this is only going to benefit you. Um, and we can turn it into like your full-time job and we just kind of took off. So I kind of trusted his instinct. He likes to push me in all areas of that. So I uh, decided to go for it and yeah, here we are. It's been great. It's been going good. Yeah. yeah. So, so you, like you went all in here, you decided yeah. to make this like your full-time, like this is your full-time gig. Yep. So I actually am a dental hygienist too. So I did that for six years prior to us owning this. Um, I was trying to do both when we first bought it, both my online client load working two days a week doing dental hygiene and running the gym. And it was just too much. I have two little boys, three-year-old and a one-year-old too. So life was getting a little bit intense. Um, so we agreed at the first of this year, I would just do this full time. And it honestly has probably doubled our growth um, in sales. Actually, since we bought this every month, since we bought it, we have doubled if not tripled the previous year's income um, just from having somebody here I know when you get a 24-7 gym it's hard because you don't have somebody here 24-7 um, but just being here open having a face at the door you know nine to nine to five made a huge difference um, especially five days a week as compared to two so that's been a good change for us yeah for sure like I think you know, in this 24 seven model, we lose out on a lot of people if we don't have it like staffed during the day. Mm -hmm. Because you and I both know that we get walk-ins. Um, yep. So having somebody there definitely helps. And then you can do like consultations and things like that as well. But, you know, kind of give us a, an elevator pitch of your location, what you do, what you offer, because all gyms are a little bit different. And I want our listener to have a better grasp of your facility before we move on in the conversation. Yeah, so obviously we are located in Webster City, Iowa. We're a couple blocks from Main Street. We're actually in the same building as an auto center, a little um, auto place that they own the whole building. And we actually rent from them, so we don't own this side of the building. Um, and 
in Snap Fitness, so we are 24-7. Um, I work with the franchise, and I have a couple of franchise business coaches that are great um, that help me navigate things. We go through marketing. They basically are my right-hand people of how to be successful as an entrepreneur in this business. Um, and, you know, when we first bought this, a lot of people were curious if we were going to keep it under a franchise. And ultimately, we decided to because it was an investment for us. Um, it was less scary than starting completely from ground zero to have guidance of how do we do this when we've never done it before. So that was a great, we've had great success and great, um, nothing but great things to say about the Snap Fitness franchise thus far. Um, but through our specific facility, we offer personal training Monday through Friday, um, all hours. You know, I sometimes I, well, three days a week, I start at 5.45 a.m., um, and then my last session generally runs at four. And then my other personal trainer, she can start as early as 5.45 a.m., 5 a.m. Um, and some nights she's here till 8 p.m. So we have a wide range of availability for personal training. We also offer group fitness classes. And I was blessed enough to come into this club with um, several great group fitness instructors. So they stayed under us when we took over. Um, we offer yoga. We offer a class called Turbo a couple days a week, which is circuit training, lifting, core, cardio, HIIT training, basically a wide range of, of different things. I teach boot camp on Wednesdays, um, which is also a combination of heavy lifting, outdoor cardio, tire flipping, sled pushing, um, things of that manner. And then we also do offer an ab lunch class twice a week all core related 30 minutes in and out lunch deal type of thing so on top of that that's about what we offer as far as in-house stuff goes um my other personal trainer Michaela she also does online nutrition and training so we have combined both of our businesses so if somebody comes in and says hey I want to do personal training but I'm also interested in nutrition um they will sign on with one of us for that on our separate business side, and then they receive 20% off of all in-person training sessions too. So that's kind of how we decided to link both of our business in with the SNAP side to give them a little bit of a discount that way. Okay, so you have a lot going on here, and you sound like you're probably a pretty busy individual. Um, yes. <laughs> you're, doing training, you're doing online training, you're doing um, the business stuff, you're doing the group, like some of the group fitness, so like you're pretty busy. Um, I want to ask, like, with the personal training side of things, what percentage of, of the business revenue-wise is coming from personal training right now? Mm, Percentage-wise, I'm not 100% sure. So I do all the in-house stuff. My husband does all the accounting number type stuff. Um, generally, we have a goal that we try to hit. If we hit it, we move it up the next month, like I had mentioned before. Um, mm -hmm. So right now in June, or in June, we hit around four thousand um, dollars in sales of personal training solely, and generally, I want to say we just switched systems for Snap, so our numbers are not—they don't combine this month, so it's hard for me to say. But let's go back to let's see, May. Say we hit thirty-five hundred dollars of revenue for training, and we hit fourteen thousand. 14 to 15,000 overall revenue total sales. So, yeah. So, you know, when you look at personal training, you kind of mentioned this, I think maybe before we got on air, but it's yourself and one other trainer schedule wise, 
you guys are kind of maxed out right now, right? So looking at like making personal training a bigger part of the business, you really can't do that unless you bring somebody else on. Is that right? Right. Yeah. And you know, obviously we always get people who are finishing sessions and then they're done. And then you have the people that are very consistent that continue on, you know, once they're done, they keep re-upping, which is great. That's what we want. Um, So we do get openings and generally when we get an opening, we fill it probably within the first couple of weeks. I like to run some flash sales every so often of 10% off when we do have any more than a couple openings just to get them full. Um, And they generally do the job. So yeah, yeah, definitely have people interested in and excited to get into their health and fitness. Awesome. Do you guys do seven uh, semi-privates at all? Like more than one client training at a time, like three or four? Yep. Yep. So we do two on ones. Um, we can do three on ones, four on ones, anything like that. We do do quite a few two on ones. Um, and actually right now we have a bridal boot camp. So there's four of them who are getting ready for a wedding, um, that we threw together, like some just semi-private personal lessons rather for them twice a week. So yes, we, we do all the things. Awesome. Um, so, you know, I kind of want to take a little bit of a turn here and say, you know, when we look at this 24 seven model outside of the personal training side of things, you have regular members that are coming in, they're doing their own thing. Um, when we look at that side of the business, how many clients do you guys currently have within the facility? Um, member wise, I do believe we were anywhere from, we're inching up towards 350. So when we first took this over, um, the system was kind of all over the place with members. Um, they weren't great at keeping track of things. So we cleaned out the system. We dropped from probably 270 memberships mm-hmm. um, down to, oh gosh, like 125 or 50. Yeah. And so now we are finally at 250 memberships on any given day. So, and with that being around 350 maybe members. So we've, it took us about a year, but we worked back up to actual memberships that were active and paying. So, yeah, that's a hard thing. Like when you come onto something and it's a little bit messy and then you have to kind of figure out how to get it to the point where you're, where you're looking, you know, to go. So you said, you know, you guys are currently at around 350 memberships. Um, Is that a place for you guys that you feel good, you feel comfortable, or are you guys looking at, you know, continuing to grow, taking on more clients, growing the community? Um, Well, 300, so we're at about 350 members. So that includes like family too. So around 248, 250 memberships. Um, so we would obviously love to grow. We continue to grow. We'll max it out as much as we can. Um, like I said, long-term goal is to get a bigger space and really expand, um, what we're able to do. We know that it would go over well, um, just based on how the past year has gone. So we do have a contract obviously through SNAP that, like I said, SNAP's been a great, um, addition for us or a great franchise to work under. So we would most likely keep it that way. Mm -hmm. So, you know, since you are at a point where you guys want to continue to welcome people into your community, you want to continue to grow, um, I guess, like, what are you guys actively doing to aid that growth process? Like, how are you finding new gym members? 
Um, well, we have done some sponsorships. For example, we are sponsoring, um, helping to sponsor 5K this weekend um, in the community, just getting out in the community and just being a part of things, um, mm -hmm. advertising, marketing, something that I was horrible at before that I'm trying to get a little better at. Um, obviously, this is my first brick and mortar business. So advertising on that aspect is so important, making sure to market, be involved in your community, um, being involved in the chamber, letting them kind of get your name out there, um, searching out different areas of the community that you can help. Like we just got a um, health nutrition smoothie place in town through, I want to say it's through Herbalife, those little shops they, that kind of pop up. Mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of things with them. We've had pop-ups in our gym. We've done member appreciation with them where we give them a certain amount of money for our members. They show them their card. They get that for free up to a certain amount. Um, so just finding ways to be involved like that and showing your members that you appreciate them and that you appreciate that they're spending their time with you. Um, so we try to give back in that way. I do giveaways. Um, I also sell first form supplements through our gym. So I do a lot of um, supplement, protein bar, nut butter, those types of things, those giveaways um, every so often too. So yeah, so it sounds like you're, you're spending a lot of time really getting out into the community, working with other businesses in your community and organizations so that people like you're generating that word of mouth. And yep. within this industry, we all love word of mouth because it's free. So yeah. and it is the best kind of advertising ever. If you have a good review through somebody who uses your services, it's going to bring somebody else. And so that's the best kind of marketing right there is word of mouth. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with you to a certain extent because I think yep. that it's always going to be the best because it's free and it's trustworthy. Like if our clients are talking about us, they obviously trust us. Uh, but while it's it's good it's also not like a way for us to predict our growth so we yeah can yeah 100 like in 2022 we're gonna hit 450 clients through word of mouth like that's not yeah. realistic for us to be able to predict because we can't tell our clients to talk about us any faster absolutely right um so you said earlier on that you know you do a little bit of advertising um, is that digital ads? Is that like mailers? Like what else are you doing on top of, you know, the word of mouth piece? Um, digital ads. Yes. A lot of like marketing through Facebook, um, running my giveaways through Facebook, running ads. Um, what else? So we have a program through snap called digital stack that has like preloaded marketing tools and things like that in there that we can upload automatically to Instagram and Facebook and Google my pages and all those types of different social media outlets. Mm -hmm. um, and then emails, emails is another big one. Sending out a newsletter each month is another great way to do that. Um, what else have we done? With the, I want to kind of backtrack here with the Facebook yeah. ads. I think that's an area a lot of gym owners are really, really apprehensive about getting started on the Facebook mm -hmm. ads things because it's like, hey, if I have to spend money and I don't know if I'm gonna make money from this, I'm yeah. a little bit apprehensive to to do that. But like, I know the benefit of it. So, have you seen a return on investment from that, or is it kind of is there ebbs and flows with it? I mean, there's definitely ebbs and flows with it. I am super new to running Facebook ads. I would say probably in the last six months and I've had my fair share of error with it. Just like 
dabbing it down to you need to be very specific about what you put in it and what audience you target because if it's something that's related to your specific area and you don't set it to your specific area then people that are people are going to ask you questions and want to be involved in it that are from somewhere completely different that it's not going to benefit so that was like something that i struggled with at first so just making sure that you have clear concise information making sure you set your audience to exactly where you want it to be and the location that you want it to be and then just throw it out there yeah you so have just, to, you, i'm sorry you definitely have to put some cost into it to see any benefit and you might not see benefit right away i mean right like we were i hired my first person last week and i put a facebook ad out um obviously set it where i wanted it to be and i got several messages about it and i actually ended up hiring someone who walked in for a membership and she was interested in what did she do rec i think so yeah it worked out great that way but i also interviewed some people that had seen the ad too so yeah there was so no really other way for me to get it out besides word of mouth so the facebook ad definitely helped especially for the younger generation um if you're looking to hire you know somebody that's in school or freshly out of school facebook is a great outlet just because so many young people utilize it yeah i mean in today's world like everything is digital we're right here having this meeting digitally so exactly. we people in the places that they're spending time whether that be for a membership or if you're looking to hire people like whatever you're doing it's the best it's the best way to actually reach people um, yep. so just so i can better understand Snap kind of gives you a mold of like things that you could use for an ad. And then yeah. you go out on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you use, and you do the actual like advertising piece on your own. Yep. So they actually have like an entire system that you can go in, you can find kind of the idea of what you're looking for and you can stay in that system. And then it uploads automatically for the time and day that you set it at. So it's just kind of like the um, business suite on Facebook where you can set it up to to go at any time of day that you want it's basically that except you can do it to all the outlets so Instagram Facebook Google all the things through there so it's super handy they give you ideas and templates and all this stuff so it's yeah. definitely helpful is there anything about that that you wish you could change to make it even better for you bring in more leads when you are using Facebook uh, ad manager? Um, just having more background on it. Honestly, the content in itself is great, um, but just having a little bit more insight on what would make it even better as far as what what is a post entail that's going to get the most audience or what can you advertise? What can you add into you, into your advertisement that's going to catch the viewer's eye the most? But they're not just going to keep scrolling past like, oh, wait, what does that say? You know, those little attention grabbers that keep people reading and click the see more button at the bottom. Yeah, I think it's hard because people aren't necessarily looking for a gym right. most of the time. Uh, it's different. Like advertising for a gym is different than advertising for a restaurant. And a restaurant could advertise a picture of this dish that they have and people are going to see it and want to go. But in the gym business, mm -hmm. we advertise a picture of the gym, like that's not going to be enough to pull somebody in unless there's right. like some fancy machine that looks like a lot of fun. That's not going to pull people in. So it's like, what do we, we have to think about, okay, what can we do? That's actually going to grab, like people are going to gravitate toward that. Um, and so there, that looks different for everybody, but it's just kind of a different 
way of doing things. I always tell people like advertising in the fitness business is its own animal. There's nothing that can compare to this because like people are not like waking up in the morning saying, ah, I'm going to go on Facebook and find a gym. Find a like, gym, yeah. <laughs> they just jump. So um, really interesting. And I want to ask you, Brittany, when you look at the business side of things right now, as you currently stand, what are some of the bottlenecks or challenges that you're facing? And what are you working to do to overcome those? Um, honestly, owning a brick and mortar business as opposed to like just an online business, being the sole owner of it and just having to be the one that has to deal with, you know, you're never going to make everybody happy. So having the controversy of having to just like overcome overcome that you know trying to please everybody and knowing that you're not going to for example we've taken out a couple machines and replaced them with some more up-to-date machines um, that kind of target more people as opposed to less people um, it was a huge challenge and a huge pushback from the older members but ultimately you know we're doing what's best for our facility and they'll get used to it you know you just you do it because it, it improves your overall facility and in the long run it's going to bring you more um so you you just push through it it's something that i'm continuously working on so definitely hard to not have people appreciate sometimes but majority of people do so yeah i think like when we have any sort of business like there's always going to be, be people that like when we change something they're unhappy about it but ultimately like the people that actually care, they're going to stick around no matter what. Exactly. And lose somebody here and there, not a huge deal. Um, when you look at like the business, you know, now that you have a brick and mortar versus like before you were doing just online, what do you feel like the difference between the two? Like what's the, the hardest part other than that? Um, like what's the hard, hardest part between the two of them? Um, just looking to always improve like what ways can we bring in revenue what ways can we make members be more engaged how can we run certain classes or fitness challenges to keep people motivated to continue to come back not just at a certain time of year you know over January 1st and keep them coming all all every day all year so how can we engage our members enough to say hey like I go to snap fitness and it's great like they do this challenge they have this class like they run these specials, they do giveaways every month, just being like fresh and creative in ways that we can keep people here and talking about it. Is that something that like you feel like what the previous like owners like struggled with, like when you came on was like retention and customer, like customers actually using the membership, was that an issue? Oh yeah, absolutely. It was more of just like, keep it alive. You know, it was, there was no true effort um, put in. So we started from zero, dead zero, <laughs> the ground up, um, bringing in our own members, bringing in our own revenue, starting personal training, you know, actually running the revenue through the gym before they were just letting the personal trainers keep all of the income for personal training. So they weren't, they weren't generating any revenue outside of memberships that were coming in. So just that in itself has expanded this business incredibly. Yeah, it's tricky because a lot of times like with a business like this, like most people like if they're not smart about it, they literally are only charging for memberships and there's no additional layers to the business there. 
And there's no chance of that business ever becoming profitable if all they're right. doing is charging memberships. They could have 300 and go from 300 to 600 members and there's really going to be no difference in the amount of revenue coming into the business because with more members becomes more challenges with the equipment mm -hmm. it's just like it's a constant um issue so yeah um, i'm glad we could kind of discuss that and then the final big kind of loaded question i have for you here Brittany, is like if i could hand you a magic wand and everything that you've wanted for this business has come true. You've reached all your goals. What would that bigger picture look like for you? What, like what, at the end of it, what would, what, where would I go from there? Yeah. Like if I, if I told you right now, you could go anywhere with this, where would you, where would you envision yourself going with the business here? Um, well, we would like to open several other locations um, in places that don't already have the SNAP franchise around us um, within a 30 mile radius. Uh, it would be awesome to be like, obviously the owner and run the business, but having full staffing where I could be on the outside and just kind of stopping in and seeing how things are going and, you know, have staff that were on top of it all of the time, a manager, PT, all the things. Um, obviously a bigger space, having more room and being able to expand members more and offer all sorts of stuff you know yeah so the opportunities are endless in that scenario <laughs> yeah so really looking at continuously expanding your brand obviously you guys you know are a member of the staff fitness franchise but I think all franchisees probably do things a little bit differently. And oh, so like you want to continue to grow your variation of that. And that looks like maybe more locations expanding upon what you already have and so forth. And what do you feel like it's most important for you to focus on right now within the current business to make that possibility of multiple locations here in the future possible? Um, definitely growing our memberships for sure. Um, hiring another PT to expand and be able to take on more clients in that aspect to increase our personal training revenue. And then if we were able to, you know, we've been looking at a space for a second location, like kind of like that studio um, and offering that as like an additional place for members to use. So I think those things in itself, once we figure out the logistics of a second studio would expand our business greatly, even with the size of the gym that we have right now, kind of doing what we have with what we got. Yeah, for sure. Well, exciting things ahead for you. I yes. think, you know, it's super cool that you acquired this back in, it was in August of this past yep. year, right? Yep. Um, yep. And you've already done yep. so much with it. So it's exciting to think about like where you're going to be able to go. Um, do you guys have a Instagram or Facebook page specifically for your location where our listeners can go to follow along? Yeah, absolutely. I have a Facebook page. I do not have a Snap Fitness Instagram set up yet, um, but Facebook is the facebook.com slash Snap Fitness Webster City. Perfect. Thank you so much for your today, for, for being here. It was a lot of fun. Listeners, thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but... Don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, 
Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of CrossFit Olympia, Olympia, Washington. Juanita, thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I am excited. You are a true OG CrossFitter, CrossFit gym owner. So give us the overview. What is CrossFit Olympia all about? Man, uh, we are not flashy. I'll give you that. We're kind of old school. We keep it old school. We keep it true to CrossFit. And really it's just about empowering people with their fitness and their lives and being able to, we, we tell everybody, you know, we have folks that get bummed out after a workout and we're like, Hey, the goal is to make you better, you know, when you leave these doors than when you walked in to give them an understanding of health and fitness and longevity so that at the end of the day, they can take care of themselves when they get older you know, seeing a lot of older people in our lives. And the true goal is to just continue to let you take care of yourself so you're not dependent on other people and build that foundation for you and, and really your family. Because if your kids see you doing it, they're starting to do it in the whole nine yards. So that's our whole entire goal. Awesome. Awesome. So we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the history of this thing. You, uh, you started drinking the Kool-Aid a long time, 14, 15 years ago. Um, which led to you being an owner. So give us some of that backstory on the air. Um, I was uh, not feeling good in my own skin. So I went to a gym that was holding a um, weight loss competition, signed up. They were giving me the the standard three by 15s, go do this and this. I said, I wasn't feeling any sort of anything. It was just like, I'm doing the same thing that, you know, the guy next to me who's six foot two and 230 is doing like something Something's amiss here. And I uh, found a lady that was training in a different style. I liked her approach, um, approached her. She took me on. Um, she was a CrossFit One certified trainer, just working at that gym, but she was able to train how she wanted to. Um, I ended up winning the challenge and then that was it. I saw, it was the first thing I'd ever done that showed any change in my body composition, my mental ability, like it was just different. Um, I didn't grow up from a big, uh, high school where it was like, it was very separated. Girls did a different presidential athletic fitness test than the boys and like things I would never do growing up. I was starting to do, and it was, it was great. So fast forward, she, uh, I became a trainer. We started running classes together and then, um, she had opened up CrossFit Olympia, and about, I want to say it was like eight months later, her husband had a PCS and she said, do you want to take it over? And I just, I was like, yeah, I love it. I'll just continue doing what we're doing. And it's just evolved since then with me as just a passion. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of those things that a lot of our listeners in heavily military areas with CrossFit can relate to. You, you build these relationships up, you want to stay in the community. And then Uncle Sam says, sorry, you got to go. And, and that can relate to sometimes the transient nature of the business and the clients, but, but with ownership too. And um, so you've been around basically since the inception of it. 
Um, you got to take over early on. Um, you were working in the finance industry for the first few years and running this with, with sort of limited hours, right? That you could coach um, for the first few years. So, you know, for a lot of people that are in that position, maybe running their gym part-time, they have early hours, then they go, you know, to their office job or whatever, and then the evening job. How did, how did it come together that you were able to make the switch where, you're, you know, you're, I've got enough clients where I can do this. My job's getting in the way of my business. Like, how did that, that process go down for you where you were like, all right, it's time to go, go all in. I'm out. I'm going to go open more classes up. Um, we, I was, I was working in the financial industry. I had met a few people that had found us online, um, from, you know, areas that were around cause we were the only CrossFit gym in the area at the time, or one of the first ones. Um, and there were a couple of folks that had some, their L ones as well. And so I asked them, Hey, would you be interested in coaching in the mornings? Cause that, that was at least something I could get to people who wanted morning classes. And then man, every day about three o'clock at my job, I would just start getting stir crazy. I'd be staring out the window. I was like drawing, I was quit creating workouts and my boss would just be like, just get out of here. Like, just go. Cause she started coming to my gym too. So it benefited both of us. Um, so she knew my amped level. Like, so sometimes she just let me go early, leave my job. And once I kind of got that feeling of like, Hey, like more people started coming. Um, and really in 2012, it was just one of those. I had more people asking for classes. I had more people coming. I wasn't able to work out with the, like usually what I would do is go to work, coach a class, and then I would work out with the last class of the day because we just had a couple people in it. Um, and it just got to a point where I was like, I really need to, I either need to let this thing sink or swim. Like it was kind of a throw caution to the wind and let's hope for the best, prepare for the worst. And uh, yeah, it was one of those, I did, I, I did it, I just quit my job and off I went and people came. It was needed, it was wanted in the community. And um, yeah, it, it was pretty cool to see how many people started to come through and that little bit of, and I think having a financial background, I was at least fi financially responsible that I wasn't, um, purchasing like a $60,000 setup right off the bat. And I didn't have loans to pay off to do this. I was buying equipment little by little. I was buying it as the people came. Um, and that helped me sustain to build a bigger gym and to get more equipment. And the more equipment I had, the more people came and it just started to find itself. And so it was a, it was a good uh, faith leap in my, in my part. Yeah. Having, having that financial background, financial literacy, certain, certainly can help there because we get so many people in the business and the barrier to entry, thankfully, in most cases, is very low to turn a CrossFitter, a coach, somebody who loves the community into a business owner. And then it's usually somewhere shortly thereafter that they realize like, oh, this, this is a business There, you know, I, there's a lot more to it than this. I can't just do napkin math and, and people yeah. show up. So, um, by that time, it was 2012 when you went full time into. Is that right? Correct. So, yeah. When I yeah. So I'd been I'd been juggling both for about four years. So in 08, um, you know, you probably were one of, if not the only CrossFit gym in town. Correct. Correct. So by 2012, had any more popped up? Were you still like really the only thing around? Um, um, yeah. So originally in 08, there were a couple of dudes that 
were certified off of JBLM. Um, and they ran out of like a strength gym in Lacey. And then they, I think they opened up a CrossFit gym in Lacey and then one of them went away. So then they closed that down. And then there was another gal that um, had a spot probably like 20 miles north. Um, but yeah, by 2012, there were there was another local gym and then there was kind of something that happened where they split off into two groups. And so one opened up in each neighboring town. So the way we have it is like Lacey, Olympia, Tumwater. And so then there ended up being one in Lacey, one in Tumwater. Um, and we've had a couple come through, like there was a guy that moved from Florida that opened one and Lacey tried to do like a 24 hour access. Um, for some reason that didn't take off as well. And then, but yeah, so I'd say by then there were at least two more and that's pretty much how we've maintained in the town is those have been the only three at this point. Okay, so you went full time. You opened up a bunch of times um, on the schedule. You've you've got right now probably one of the more robust class schedules. Of, you know, I'm talking to gyms all the time. Everybody's got their morning classes, their evening classes. But you go you go late into the morning. You have a 7 a.m. You have an 11 a uh, 11 a.m. class. Um, those are traditionally those late mornings. I talk to a lot of people who have trouble getting anybody to come to those classes, let alone, um, you know, making it viable enough to keep it on the schedule. So you've had a, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've gone through a lot of variations of the years, but um, who do you find are coming to those classes, the, the late mornings that everybody's, everybody else in almost every market says nobody will come to? Um, we are fortunate that we are kitty corner to Olympia police department. Um, so a lot of our, some of our guys that come in in those times are first responders. So guys that have the days off, guys that have shift work, uh, people that work in the jail systems, uh, you know what I mean? Like all, a lot of them. And then of course we have a lot of state workers who currently, um, they work from home. So a lot of people right now, based just because of the pandemic, they can, it really shifted a big time. And we always had it, but it shifted greatly when we, everybody had to stay home because um, people were able to block out whatever their lunch schedule was or as long as they got their work done. Um, so now we've got just a regular crew of folks that, I mean, there's people that literally put it in their day. So it, that is their time that they get to themselves. They blocked it out. Um, so we got a lot of first responders, a lot of moms who drop their kids off after the, that nine o'clock hour. We tried that one too. That didn't take off because that's a prime time for drop-offs uh, for younger kids. Um, so we've got parents who stay home with their kiddos. And then right now in the summer, a lot of school teachers. Got it. Got it. Okay. So do you still have, um, a lot of first responders, law enforcement, military, is, is that a big percentage of your membership these days? Mm, I wouldn't say it's a big percent. I think they're just a big presence. They're big personalities. Um, but I don't think, I think our biggest presence is probably state workers. We are right downtown Olympia and I give state discounts, city, county and state discounts for those folks. Um, and so they usually come to find us or um, know that we have them and honor that rate for them as well. So we have a lot, probably I'd say more of them. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something you have it right there out on your website. You know, here are regular prices, you know, um, you know, the un basically unlimited membership is, $115 a month. And then the discount for 
fire, EMT, law enforcement, military, county, state, brings it down to 95. And then on the three days a week, you're 95 for regular, 75 discounted, which is, you know, in the world of CrossFit. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's almost too good to be true. I know. So, and then we do, we do family discounts. <clears throat> I, I so, think it just comes from back in the day when we opened up, that was a heavy price for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've heard people tell me like I cut off my cable so that I can come to CrossFit. And the guy who told me that he worked, he did things. And I thought, Hey, wow, like crazy that you are willing to give up cable so that you can have fitness. Like that's huge. But two, it just, it, it stuck it in my heart that I was like, I never want somebody to have to pay a, a car payment to be physically fit. Like there's absolutely no need for that to happen. Like if it's a choice for people to be fit or to sit at home and because they can't afford it, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoo you away for that. Yeah. And, and that factors in, I think, to a, a decision that you made at, at some point, and I don't know how many iterations you've gone through, but at one point you decided you didn't want to try to, obviously you weren't doing it on price. You're not trying to charge $500 a month or $200 a month, whatever it is. So you, you weren't going to do it on price. And you also didn't want to just have 300, 400 members either to just try to pad your bank account. You had a big old space. You probably could have physically fit, you know, several hundred members total into it, but you actually downsized. You were going for more of a sense of a community, more of a sense, sense of intimacy of, you know, the, the training and the community. So, you know, that's, there's no right or wrong in those decisions. So how did you weigh that out? Like, Hey, I could make more money. I could have more people. I could raise my prices, things like that. Like where did that, you know, mental conversation happen with you and, and where did you arrive, I guess, at, Hey, I can have this many clients. This is great. I'll make this much money. I'm cool. Um, you know, I think, I think when it comes down to it, I personally, like for me, just my lifestyle, um, there was a a day like years ago where I was forced kind of to shave a lot of the unnecessary things out of my life, you know, like cable or a boat or whatever it was, I just downsized. And I realized what I was, what I could live with, which was just my means, what I wanted to live with. And it was kind of at the same time when I could have raised my prices, Um, but I think for me, like the sense of community, wanting to, to bring it back down to a smaller square footage is I want people to go to a place where not only they feel safe, they feel welcome, they feel part of something. Um, I've been to the 24-hour fitnesses. I've been to the athletic clubs where you walk in, you punch your number, and nobody says hi to you. And I wandered around for two two hours at a gym just staring at things. And it was such a just a blah feeling like you don't feel empowered. You don't feel accomplished. You don't feel like you got anything done. And I'd be like, okay, two hours later, I guess I was at the gym and I left. And I don't want that. Like I want people to be excited. I want to know their stories. I want to know where they started in their fitness journey. Um, I want to know about their kids and like why they're doing this. And you can't do that when it gets too big. Um, I could, you're right. I could raise prices. I honestly haven't raised prices and I think I added sales tax once. <laughs> That's probably it. Um, but I honestly haven't raised prices. Those that 95 and 115 is still my original 
prices that I had when I opened and I just started using them for the discount prices for military and first responders. Um, but I, I just, yeah, that community sense is just really important to me. I want people to want to come there. There are people that really get, I don't want them to go flip side on the other side where they're so mental that they, if they miss a day, they can't come in. But I mean, people get, you can see their bodies and their personalities lift up because they've got this community that's like-minded. And I don't know if you know this, but like you put us in the real world and people are like, are you going to talk about CrossFit? And it's like, well, we try not to, it's just, it's fine. Or we talk about the workout the next day. And it's like, who does that? Who gets excited about working out? And it's like, I think that's just the, the crew of people that you choose to be around, you know? And when people come into the gym, I let them know, Hey, there's two other CrossFit gyms in the area. Go check them out. We offer a week free, check us out. See if you like the programming, the vibe, the coaching, the people here, because I don't want you spending that much money for a place that you don't want to come into. Like, I want you to be there and I want you to want to be there, you know? And so that's just kind of where I, I sit at it. I've had people tell me I should raise prices or I should add this. And it's like, eh, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. Nobody can, can make that decision for you. The, uh, the kind of the last part of that is I'm going to assume you don't have any contracts either. No, I give them, I ask them for a 30 day notice. Um, I think contracts are disheartening. It forces people to do something and when they don't want to do it and they get resentful for being in a contract or something. And I don't want that. I want you to be there because you want to, I don't want the toxic energy. I don't want your negative energy. Like I want you to go there cause you have a, a plan for yourself and you know, that stuff. So no contracts. I just ask everybody for 30 days. I don't charge for drop-ins. Um, just because I assume that if you come to my gym, your gym's probably not prorating your rate of, and I know my rates are low. So if I've heard people pay upwards of 200 bucks, you know, for a gym membership. So if you're, if you're visiting my gym and, and your gym's not prorating it and you're actually taking time to work out while on vacation, there should be no penalty for that. Like good for you. <laughs> I know how hard that is to get into a gym when you're on vacation. So you, you just participate in the ecosphere and assume, you know, it kind of gets paid forward. If I'm paying to work out somewhere, whether or not somebody else will extend a courtesy to one of your members, it feels like the right thing to, for you to do to say like, Hey, this is, you're already, you already have your fitness budget. You're paying it. That's cool. The same thing with like the, the attitude of like, with no contracts of, Hey, I'm trying to keep this a tight, close knit community. I want people that want to be here. Like, I'm not going to keep you here over a piece of paper because inevitably you're just going to ruin everybody else's experience. Yeah. You know, go, go find what works for you. Yeah. And find cool. a place where you want to be. Well, and the thing with the drop-ins too, or the, you know, back in the day, you could go to any CrossFit gym and that was the whole gist, right? Like the cool thing about CrossFit was I could go to South Carolina or Florida or California. And if I found a gym, I would know the movements. I would know what they were talking about. And so, I mean, I sound like an old lady, but back in the day, like you didn't pay for drop-ins. Nobody charged drop-ins because that was just the community aspect of CrossFit when it was so small. And now it's like, I mean, I can go to places and it's $25 a day for a drop-in, which I get. I mean, everybody, I mean, I'm, that makes sense. But if I'm there, if I just want to work out for three days, that's almost a full-time membership for my members. So I just don't pass it forward. I just, yeah, exactly. I hope it, I hope it evens itself out and comes around in the world somewhere. And even if it doesn't, you're doing your part. <laughs> Trying. 
So, you know, the, the change of, I mean, I think there are still are a lot of CrossFit gyms that have strong communities inside them, but the overarching community feel from gym to gym where there was a lot of sharing, a lot of, you know, collaboration. Now there's a lot more competition there. Some of that fabric has torn, you know, it's one of the things that have changed, but also there are a lot of CrossFit gyms that are not doing, they wouldn't be recognizable to somebody, you know, who had a gym in 08, in 2010. And, you know, somebody, you know, might walk into your gym after going to three newer CrossFit gyms and be like, what the heck is this? And not realize it. So like, how do you feel you've stayed the course and just been like, Hey, we're CrossFit. We do group classes. We post the wad on our website. Like we do old school CrossFit. Um, you know, not that you don't learn and adapt, you know, movements and methodologies, but it's all still CrossFit. There's no, you know, chasing shiny objects. How have you been able to resist that? And, and how do you feel like that plays into your community and your fulfillment as an owner? You know, I think, uh, or like you said, early on in the day, so there was another CrossFit gym. Um, they were called CrossFit finish first. They were in Lacey for a bit. Um, and those guys were probably at the, at the beginning when we all first merged, uh, when they came on board, like I, I went to the gyms and I would introduce myself and say, Hey, I'm Juanita. I own CrossFit Olympia. Um, welcome, whatever I would love to do when you guys are ready, like group workouts or throwdowns together. Um, or if you need any help, like navigating through anything, please come find me or whatever. Um, that gym was probably the only gym that actually was like, not, um, viewed it as like, oh, what are they trying to get out of me? And so we actually did, we did throwdowns with our gyms together and they would say, hey, let's do Saturday workouts together. Or let's bring our teams together. And that was such a cool feeling of just community and watching other people because then your people get very excited and there's that always that drive of competition and theirs did, but it was always just in good fun. Um, when they kind of left, new gyms came in and I still went, hey, I want you to blah, blah, blah. And they would be like, cool, thanks. And then it just kind of flipped into this, competition right it's like these guys are going to the games these guys are about this and I tried for a bit it you know it kind of faded out I think within our communities and whatnot but um I think I just try to stay true to the methodology I try to stay true to the the um aspect of it the community piece of it and just trying to hold ground at that because I've seen so many gyms implode because of leaning either one way or leaning to the other or what ends up happening is there's a, a dynamic within that gym that implodes on itself and then all of a sudden they go out of business and it's just I I don't want to do that I don't I don't employ people I don't have coaches I don't think that have that um dynamic either I wouldn't put anybody in my gym that feels better than anybody else or feels like I'm a competitor I don't have time to help you because in reality, none of us are going to the games from locally from where I see. I mean, there could be, but I just don't see anybody putting in that what it takes to do that. So for me, that's that's great. And if anybody came to me and said, this is my goal, absolutely. Let's work you there um, and anyone in the community. But for the majority of the people that come through this gym, I want it to be basic. I want it to be functional. I want it to be a lifestyle for them that they can always have things to chase and, and get and feel good about themselves. Um, so the only lifting, the, you know, only only lifting, that's great. And we'll do that. It's just not going to be the sole thing, you know? So. Yeah. 
So, so we have a really good sense of, of who you are as a, as a gym owner and what the gym is like. Uh, you've got, you know, uh, a, a very healthy amount of clients in your gym. We can talk about the exact number or not. That's, that's not a big deal, but probably 50, 50 to 75% more than the average gym that I speak to in CrossFit these days. So a healthy number of members, um, and you have, you have this old school, you know, sticking to your guns vibe. Um, so you've gotten there and haven't had to chase every shiny object that's come around. What do you feel like has worked the best to get members into your doors when you don't have every, every bell and whistle and new fad and every extra workout and 23 different kinds of classes? Like, how are people showing up saying, Juanita, I heard what you're all about this is what I want to come in. Are you advertising? Is it all word of mouth it referrals? Like how, how have you gotten as many clients as you have? It's, it's all word of mouth. Honestly, I've, I did this year, uh, take out an ad in the Olympia high school cheerleader calendar. Uh, <laughs> cause she was very sweet. She came by and I was like, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've had people offer, we've had people do stuff, but I, I want to bring in people that, fit our dynamic i want i think everything stems downhill right so myself our other coaches the the true like feeling and the caring that they have for people and wanting them to be better like all of our coaches know everybody's backstory they know their names they know their kids um we'll go have drinks together i think stuff stems from downhill i think when people also like uh especially women, they come in and they realize I'm 46. They're like, oh, like what? Like, that's weird. And I'm like, well, I got good genes for one. Uh, thanks, mom. But um, yeah, like it's just, I didn't start this way, you know, and I'll show them where I started. I'll show them my before picture and I'll say like, this is a journey. This is something we, if you want to do. And I mean, our clientele is not full of 20 year olds. Um, we do have them obviously, and we have great younger people, but we do have a larger demographic of like, I'd say 30 to late sixties. And these are all people that have found a way to transform their lives. And I think it's just being personable. It's just caring about what their plan is. Like, what is your goal? What do you want to get out of this? And then helping them kind of see that or motivating the people who don't think they can do it. Um, and then at that point, you know, then it becomes CrossFit where people see results. They start seeing stuff, they start feeling good. And then there, what are they doing? Telling their friends, they're talking to their family, your girlfriend's coming, your wife's coming. And pretty soon then they're like, God, you guys don't stop talking about CrossFit. And it's like, yeah, that, that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then they'll soon be one of those, one of those people too. So, all right. So you've been doing this for 14 years now. Uh, seen fads come and go. You've seen CrossFit corporate change, the games, Reebok, you know, a million things have happened um, in your, your tenure of ownership. And it seems like you're still very passionate about it, still in love with it. Uh, what's the future look like for you? Like, do you feel like you're going to do this another 20 years? Do you feel like they're going to have to drag you out of there, you know, after you do a workout with your walker? Is there, <laughs> is there anything else on, on the horizon as far as what you're doing is it, or is just keep doing this as, as long as you can? Um, that's a great question. Honestly, it's funny. Uh, I was telling my husband the other day that I was like, am I like giving off a vibe? I was like, cause like I had two guys tell me that they were talking and they were like, Hey, we just decided like, you can never sell this gym. 
Um, so whatever you got to do, like, and I was like, okay. And then another gal told me last week, she's like, I told my husband that I don't care what happens, but if, if something happens, I'm selling myself on the street to keep this gym open. And I was like, am I like, what's going on? Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I, I will be honest. I didn't foresee this as my, I didn't be grow up and be like, I'm going to own a CrossFit gym. It just, it came into my world in 2008 and I loved it and I fostered it after Abby left and I just kept caring for it. Um, that's kind of my goal. Um, my son's 18. I think he thinks I'm about 80 cause he keeps talking about when I retire and hand it over to him. And, um, so I don't know. I don't know. I know I want to stay the course. I'm always looking for, I've got visions of things that I want to do coming up in the future. Um, that still correlate with the gym, but maybe introduce other uh, aspects of um, community that I want to give back to. Um, but I mean, for the foreseeable future, yeah, I plan on doing this. I mean, I'm smart enough at this point to modify scale anything when things hurt or ache or, um, you know, I don't bounce back the same that I did. So I just, as long as I'm modifying it and moving through it, my plan is to keep doing it. That's it. And it sounds like it's, it's uh, at least one member of your family is interested <laughs> enough that, yeah. that I, I mean, so maybe if, if you're ever, you know, if you ever get feeling like you're a little overworked or exhausted and just want to be an athlete and a coach, then maybe, uh, maybe it's your son who takes over one day and it stays in the family. Who knows? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's, he, he has that whole goal ready to go. So he's ready to kick you out the door, huh? Yes. All right. So last question, and I guess this is a little more philosophical than been tactical with the amount of time you've been in this, you know, 14 plus years, there's probably a million lessons, a million things. And I never ask anybody to change anything, but if there's any like one piece of advice or something that you'd love to be able to go back and, and tell yourself a little bit of wisdom that you could give yourself sooner, is there anything that stands out that, that you wish you had in your head earlier? Um, I think for people starting I definitely look back and I'm grateful that as I, as I built it, I built it according to how many people I had. Um, I think a lot of people go under or get, get stuck because they take out those big loans. They take out the big gym financing, they take out the big thing. And, and CrossFit can be depending on where you're at a very saturated market with a gym on every corner. Um, so, I mean, if you, if you care and you want things to be, I, I would say, don't focus on the numbers immediately, like focus on what you want people to get out of your gym. You know, if you build this, if you build it, like, I mean, it sounds so cliche, they will come, they will come and you can build around it. I think the other thing is listen to your gut. You're going to have people that come into your gym that try to take it down or they feel like they know more or they're going to want to try to bully you or take over in, um, how they feel things should be run. And it's just like, listen to your gut, listen to what everything in you says. Cause that, that's probably the one thing I'm grateful for. There was a very, uh, I mean, in my journey of whatever, we've been through different buildings. I've had a guy try to like take over the gym um, that I trusted too much. And so there's, you know, there's little things like looking back, I can go, okay, I was a little naive and thinking that everybody wants to help you and everybody is, has the same like vision that you do. And it's like, stick to your vision, employ people that, that you wholeheartedly trust that you could leave alone and be like, these people are going to get the same treatment that they will get if I'm there or not just cause I'm watching, you know what I mean? So, 
Um, those are probably the biggest things that I've, I think I've come to learn is listen to your gut is probably the best one. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, we are just about officially out of time here. Easy last question before we let you go. If people want to find out more, see what you're doing, um, CrossFit Olympia.com is the website. Yes, it is. And what about social media? Are you active on any social media platforms that anybody can check you out? I, we are on Instagram and we are on Facebook. I will say I'm pro that's probably my least. I should probably assign my child to that because uh, that is the one thing that has eluded me over the 14 years is staying up to date and posting every content on social media. Um, I post big stuff. I post our, our events, our Murph events, our like big milestones and everything like that. But I will say that's probably the one thing I lack more. And that's just me in general. I just... I don't get on it as much. Um, and I've tried to veer off of it more than anything than stay on it. So yeah, that's probably the one, but we do, we are active on social media. I will reply to you within 24 hours. That's my, also my business goal. Like you get a 24 hour turnaround time. All right. So CrossFit OLY on Instagram, CrossFit Olympia on Facebook, CrossFitOlympia.com. Juanita, it's been great having you on here today. I appreciate you spending some time with us and I wish you continued success, maybe another 14 years or so. Well, we'll see how that goes, but maybe my kid will be there. <laughs> I appreciate it. All righty. Thank you so much. And Bye. I appreciate you. And to all of our listeners, we appreciate you too. If you want to hear more episodes, hit the subscribe button. We'll notify you new episodes drop to everyone out there in Jim Ward's nation. Keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Ward's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Brendan with Calsamrit Martial Arts out of Ontario. Brendan, what is going on today? How are you doing? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Thanks so much for having me, guys. And I uh, look forward to sharing some of my info and uh, history of the of gym ownership with you guys. There we go. There we go. Look, we're excited to have you on, Brendan. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on, uh, you know, first, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you describe the business to people, right? So if I came in and I'm like, hey, give me a rundown of what you guys do here. What's the gym about? How would you explain that to me? I'd say our gym is like a, a welcoming facility for all members of the family. You know, whether you are a parent, a mom or dad looking for like ladies kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or a kid's program for your kids. Um, starting at just as young as three years old, we have a three and four-year-old program. 
five to seven year old program. Um, we run an after school program and we have adult classes all night. So we, we tend to cater to um, a lot of families that we have in our gym and, you know, have a lot of events that go on on the side that really cater to the family feel. So, you know, our gym is open to everybody. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And so, um, Brendan, how, how many members are you serving currently? Currently in total between both of our locations, we're serving just under 700 members. Nice. Nice. And so for you, Brendan, and, uh, what's worked well, or what's been the best method of getting people through the door, right? Because I think there's plenty of methods with word of mouth, digital marketing, flyers, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, but what's been your bread and butter to get people through the door? I truly believe the bread and butter for us is just like having good quality coaches and then referrals from the members. Like we, we do what every other gym does and, you know, use social media marketing, Facebook marketing and stuff like that. But I think just having a good product and good coaches where people are spreading the word and they want to stay for years really helps it grow. Um, but we did do a lot of community events. So we would hit up, um, you know, like the local rib fests or fairs, um, carnivals in town. And we would set up booths there and we would have like, like jumping castles set up for the kids, demonstrations going on. So we would really be in the community where the parent, the families are going to attend and they would see us and we'd have all our information there. They'd get to meet the coaches. So I felt that was a good way of marketing. And we would do, we would hit like the Santa Claus parades in town. We would take our kids and get in, make sure we get in the parade and we'd have like a boxing ring on a float and we'd be parading down our town. So we really got ourselves out there um, so that people could see us, especially at community events. So I think that was a big one is getting into the community events. Everybody knows social media marketing. That's, that's one-on-one for any business. And then, you know, asking your members to refer their friends, doing referral contests in the gym and, and going from there. But at the end of the day, I think just a good product and word of mouth. Yeah, no, a hundred percent, 120%. And so, you know, when, let's say when word of mouth wasn't too predominant, right? Let's say COVID hit around that time. What alternatives worked well? Did you find that the the innovation of online worked well there? Or was like there something a little more unorthodox that you felt worked well for you? What was the good think, method that worked back then? Yeah, I think uh, some other other things that we would do, like we did have success early on in doing like 50% off sales. So when we would market and sponsor those, that was pretty good getting them in, but we stopped doing those the last probably about three, four years, just because you're getting half, half price memberships. Right. Um, but we found that that was a good little marketing tool, you know, pre COVID we haven't done one post COVID. I probably won't do one again, but that really helped get us up there. And then I think on this, you know, we were heavy into Muay Thai and we had a lot of successful fighters and a, and, and a competitive team, which I think really spread the word that we were one of the gyms to come to. And I think that really helped build us up, you know, so parents would get their kids in, they'd want them to be on this competitive team and competing internationally and um and then the parents would join and then as they grow up you know they refer their their friends and family so that's kind of how we grew yeah no that's awesome that's awesome i think that's a that's a big component there and so you know with let's say leads traffic clients all of these all these you know avenues of people to come through the door Let's say that was unlimited here. You know, hypothetically speaking, of course, you're at 700. How much higher can you go? What's that maximum capacity between the both look like, like for you? What's that max number? I think that is max capacity. You know, we we do a lot of talking lately about less is more. And I think we kind of hit our, our max where it was too big. 
and we were we were seeing you know some classes like 60 70 kids and at our, at our one headquarters location and we just felt that it was too much and we weren't able to deliver as good of a product as we wanted so we're actually kind of changing our concept and you know raising the prices a bit and having less members and not less members like i know that sounds totally opposite to a lot of people that want to grow their gyms but we want to have my sharpest staff on and deliver a better product to a, a smaller group instead of massively growing because we were growing 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 but then you start kind of not delivering the product that you need if that makes sense i gotcha yeah so because i think what you're trying and, and you correct me if i'm wrong but i think the avenue you're going down is focusing on quality over quantity but being able to then increase the length of someone's member life right the membership of lifetime and a lifetime value yeah. for lack of a better term there so that way you're getting more per dollar right per client that yeah, doing, we're doing both of those for sure. We're trying to do that. And then also like, you know, really just crunching our numbers down. It's like, do I need to make this much profit or can I tighten things up, tighten my staff budget up, tighten my expenses up and then still make this a decent product or a decent profit while um, having, you know, smaller manageable, more manageable classes with better students. So what we did actually after COVID was we had so many people wanting to sign up and, you know, we lost some coaches during COVID. We ended up a waiting list of like 50, 60 kids after, um, after COVID. So we would literally tell people we couldn't take any more students. And then we would do like a big group hire. We started like interviewing um, members to see if they'd be a good fit for us to come in. So we kind of changed our ways a little bit after, after COVID on that, instead of just taking everybody in and letting them come randomly. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I think I, I understand it completely. So it's, you got, again, you got to shift with what with the trial and errors, right? You got to go ahead mm -hmm. and move on. So um, perfect. And so, you know, on the topic of, of, you know, obviously we were talking about before, which is just, you know, being able to retain those clients and, and increase that lifetime value and whatnot. So how do you go about tracking those metrics, right? So knowing how long someone's been a member with you, if they're getting ready to cancel, if their membership's almost done, how do you track those numbers? That is probably our biggest weakness is having um, a tracking program like that. And that's, you know, as a gym owner, that's one of my, my fallouts or something that I need to work on. We do have a system, like a billing system, like everybody has where we track attendance, but I would, you know, we, we have a said we're using perfect mind right now. We're looking to switch to a different billing company that tracks everything and, and records all that. But you know, I'll be totally honest. That's something that we need to be better at as a gym. Um, we kind of just, you know, we'll have our, our set gradings that we do for Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu twice a year. We try to get our kids Jiu-Jitsu gradings four times a year, our Muay Thai gradings two, three times a year. But it's something where we just, oh, sorry, I lost my video there. Um, it's, try, it's something that we try to just um, kind of do as we see everybody getting ready in the gym um, and promoting them and doing events as they go. But you know, knowing how long they've been there, when they're ready for grading. I know a lot of other gyms are really good at that. That's something that we are trying to get better at with my office management. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I think there's always places to improve. And I think um, the fact that you were honest enough and transparent with us to, to be able to mention that, you, you know, regardless of success, you can still improve in certain places. I appreciate that. And so mm -hmm. um, I think for our gym too, yeah. we're not like, I would say just to interrupt you real quick. Like I think for our gym too, we were kind of a little bit more, you know, like I know like a lot of like Taekwondo schools, like not knocking them at all, but like, you know, they would grade people every 
for however long they've been there. So it's like, oh, you've been here three months, here's a stripe, here's a belt. I think, you know, when I first created the gym, I didn't want it to be like that. I didn't want to have eight-year-old black belts running around. Um, you know, I've been, I've been teaching Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu at my gym for just uh, about 10 years now. And I'm still a brown belt, four stripes, still working on my black belt. But, um, you know, we wanted to really make these kids earn it. So when we'd see that they're ready, then we would kind of do promotion. So it wasn't at our gym. It wasn't about time in. Like you could be there one year. If you still can't tie your belt or throw a proper punch, we're not, we're not promoting it. So we kind of like to have our coaches look around the floor. And when we sit down, we'll be like, okay, who's ready for grading? Let's make the list and then go from there. Time in really at our gym is that yeah no if that yeah. makes sense no, you know 100 percent, 100 yeah i understand completely and that's awesome right it's about treating it we get some parents like there's there's pros and cons with that you know we'd have a lot of people quit that were like oh my kid's been here four years he's still a white belt i'm like well he still can't tie his shoes and he still can't tie his belt but where we have other kids that come in and they're like banging off 50 push-ups i'm like okay they're ready to get promoted so we we kind of promote a little differently in our gym we got parents that love it because kids are learning how to fail. Um, and then you got some parents that are like, oh, I just want my, I just want a picture of my kid in a green belt for social media. I don't care if they can't do a push-up yet. So we we have kind of a different concept in our gym on how we do gradings and promotions yeah. and stuff. No, completely. And that's awesome. That's awesome. And so, you know, it kind of brings me to my next question here, right? And it's a little bit of a longer wooden question, but in regards to self-improvement here, and just, again, another transparency question. And so, you know, we've been discussing this entire time on the podcast have been the pillars of business, right? And in the gym and fitness industry, is about three pillars we use pretty predominantly. That's going to be your lead generation, which is your marketing, your client acquisition, which is your sales, and then your retention in the sentiment, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of those three, Brendan, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Probably on retention. I think retention for everybody is a big one. Like we've, we've had members that are with us for, you know, I've been with us for 10 years now, but you see, you know, as, as you know, you can take a kid from seven years old, once they hit those teenage years, that's a real hard fallout here um, that, that we find. So the 13, 14 year old age range, we're finding that's a hard transition one. Um, and you know what I mean? Keeping things interesting so that people want to stay there for a long time. Cause you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, it's a hard sport. It's not easy on the body. Um, it's hard to do Muay Thai, same thing. It's, it's a hard grind. So you got to really try to make it interesting and have other events that people can get involved in. And that's why I think our gym is successful because it's more of like a family thing where dads can train, their kids are training, the kids are competing. You know, because the dads can't compete, but they want to be there training, knowing what their kids are doing. And that's kind of what makes it good. But I think retention is probably the biggest one that we could work on for sure. Lead generation, we have no problem getting people in, right? But about keeping them more than a year and a half, two years, then that's probably what we need to work on. Yeah. And again, I appreciate the honesty and transparency there. Again, I think it's an eye-opener for the viewers where it's a perspective shift, not just can't pull through the door, but also that retention piece, right? Keeping that longevity. That's mm -hmm. something people undermine a lot. So thank you for that. And so, you know, the last two questions for you here, Brendan, my two favorite questions, and it's, it's what's the bigger picture? What's the overarching goal? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? I'd say long-term for me, I am looking at, like I'm having a lot of fun um, being a promoter and throwing events so I can create more local opportunities for A, my fighters, 
uh, my athletes to compete on. So I've been throwing a lot of shows and, but my long-term goal is to really kind of develop people within my gym to take over the gym. You know what I mean? Become profit share. So like just recently at our Bowlingville location, I started, I brought in a manager where they're now sharing in the profits of the gym as part owner. I did that with one of my uh, girl managers at Bowlingville. I did one at my, uh, at Port Perry. So now they're feeling more involved in the business and I want to start doing that bringing up other people to be kind of like the face and the leader of each location and taking in profit sharing of the company. And then I can slowly kind of step back, you know, maybe at that point I'm collecting 25% of the profits of the company and the rest is spread out amongst other people that are running it, which would make them feel more like an owner of the company as well. Yeah. Better the gym does, the better everybody does. Right. Yeah. And I was just going to say it's the conviction, right? When you yeah. can bring that conviction from, the conviction that you have in the gym from mm -hmm. your employees, that's when you crack the code, right? Because they always say the best person to sell the actual product to the gym or whatnot is yourself. But if you could have an employee who believes in it more than you do. Yeah. And I think that's it. It's like, but as I get it, as I'm getting older, like I'll be 40 in three years, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm looking at like, you know, I've been doing it for 10, you know, it's a hard business mentally and emotionally. I don't think I'll ever fully get out of it. I'll still always be popping in like my professor is maybe one day a week, but the kind of developing the other guys to slowly start taking it over um, and then kind of going from there. You know, I might keep my awesome. one headquarters location and maybe sell off my Port Perry location and kind of, you know, get into uh, renting out houses, but we'll, we'll see. We'll take it one year at a yeah. time right now. It's just <laughs> yeah. I feel like we finally just recovered from COVID. So now yeah. I'm just trying to get things back up on its feet moving forward and rebuild. We're in a gym rebuild right now. So um, post COVID. So we'll see how that plays out. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, I, and that's not the last question because that would have been a heck of a last response, but a way to close it out there. But I got one more for you, but my favorite question, and I'm kind of curious to see what you're going to say, because I feel like you have just those strong responses that really hit you, right? And I think uh, with all the transparency, I think this is going to be probably the strongest question. And if you need a second to think about it, you can. We had a guy a couple months back who literally walked out, pondered for 10 minutes, came back, and he was like, right, I'm ready to answer. I was like, all right, let's send it. You know, let's do it. So, you know, uh, Brendan, if you can go back in time to when you first started the gym and sit yourself down and give yourself that one piece of advice that you think you really, really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for yourself? Um, my piece of advice would be your, these people are going to leave all of the members that sign up aren't going to be lifers here. They're going to leave and they're going to change locations throughout the time. Don't take it personally. This is a business. That's the piece of advice I would give myself. That is a mic drop of an answer. If I could drop this thing right now, I would, but <laughs> connected to the thing. Yeah, here, I, think, I think that really was the thing. Just be like, you yeah. know, learning as you go through things you know taking um you know because martial arts unlike a, a regular good, good life fitness drop-in gym um where you don't really it's not like a member community kind of thing ours is like a family and you're gonna have people come in there that become your friends i think just realizing that you know eventually people are gonna are gonna move on and um you know just don't take it personally yeah you took the words of my mouth i was literally just gonna say don't take it personally that's awesome Look, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, Brendan, you know, please shout out your Instagram, your website, your Facebook, anything you have. Where can people find out more about you and the gym? 
All right. So our website is calsamrit.com, www.kalsamrit.com. And then you can also find us at uh, on Instagram at calsamritgym and at calsamritgymportperry. And uh, we're on Facebook as well. My name is Brendan Calagetic. You can find me on there and a lot of our shows and events that we do. And uh, if anybody's in Ontario outside of Toronto, we're just 40 minutes east of Toronto. You guys can come check us out and uh, or check us out online on YouTube. There we go. There we go. Look, we absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road, Brendan. If you could stick around for one second so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I think that's super important. So um, to everyone who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.